The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Sukkah has been dedicated by Celia and Isaac Jamal. Hashem Alehem Yehu Amen for the Hatzlecha of their dear children. May they see much nachat from all of them. May they all grow up and get married in the right time and have children healthily, happily with berachah vatzlacha. And may they see uh, descendants and descendants of their descendants. Ad bi'ad go'el sedek. Amen. The Masechet has also been dedicated Le'ilu Nishmat Sarah Bat Adel Ruach Hashem Tanihena Began Eden Amen Again by Celia and Isaac Jamal To school the mitzvot Dav Vav Today's Dav has been dedicated Le'ilu Nishmat Abraham Ben Esther Ruach Hashem Tanihenu Began Eden Amen Today's daf is being studied for Refuah Shilema Shilomo Ben Esther, who is undergoing surgery today. Enna refanado, enna refanado, enna refanado, veregle chasidav yishmor. Refuah nefesh, refuah guf, refuah toker, refuah chen yinasom venomar. We begin today's daf on dafhe amudbet. And we are going to start <coughs> from uh, three, four, five, six lines from the bottom. We learned on yesterday's daf <coughs> that according to Nabi Meir, <coughs> the source for a wall of a sukkah that has to be at least 10 tefahim, meaning you have to have at least 10 tefahim of airspace in the halal of the sukkah, he actually learned it from the kirubim. And the fact that we know that the kirubim in the mishkan went one-third the way up the height of the mishkan, meaning that the mishkan's height was 60 tefahim, which is 10 amot, which is 60 tefahim, based on a 6 tefah amah, and since it went up a third, which we learned from the Beit HaMikdash, so therefore we know the Aron was ten, and then the uh, Kirubim must have reached the twenty tefah uh, level, and it says that the Kirubim were Sukhichim, right? It says they hovered over like a Sukkah, and they were Lema'ala, they were a little above the heads of the Kirubim, which is if you measured from under the wing of the Kirubim to the top of the Kaporet, you had exactly... Ten tefachim, and it says sochechim, so that's how you know that a sukkah is ten tefachim. That should not be confused what we learned on the Amud Rishon, that the source of the kaporet being a tefach, that we had other proofs. That either we learned from the fact that it says pene, and we know that panim is a, a tefah, or we learned it from the uh, misgeret, that was the shi'ur of the uh, rim or the frame around the shulchan. That's a separate limud. Now we're discussing the limud of, how do you know the uh, sukkah shi'ur minimally is ten tefahim? So according to the it's from the uh, mishkan, from the kirubim. Problem is, according to the Yehuda, he subscribed to a tefah, to an amah of five tefahim. Right, there's different shorim of the of the amah. So according to him, the aron and the kaporet all together was eight and a half tefahim. Now again, it also went up to one third of the shiur of the height of the mishkan. According to him, the height and the structure itself uh, was sixty, because he follows a six tefahim amah when it comes to structure. He only follows a five tefah amah when it comes to vessels. So therefore the Kirubim, they reached again the 20 tefah level. But since the Aron is 8.5, so from the 20 down to 8.5, you'll have 11.5. So according to him, you're going to say, a sukkah has to be 11.5 uh, tefahim? Is that going to be so? How does he know that it's 10? So he says, no, no, he has halakha le Moshe Messinai. Which means we have a tradition that said, shi'urin, hatsitsin, ubihitsin. Shi'urim, which means the different uh, measurements for different isurim, for example, a kezayit, or a kabetza, or a kakotemet kasa, etc. 
that all those shi'urim are from Hanakam Sinai, as well as Hatzitzin. Hatzitzin is the laws of Hatzitzah, interpositions where a person goes to the Mikveh, which we'll learn about today. And also Mechitzin. What is Mechitzin? The size of a Mechitzah. What's the size of a Mechitzah? The Sukkah. There's got to be ten Tefachayim. So that's the different views of how you know a Sukkah has to be at least minimally ten Tefachayim. So now the Gemara comes along and says, Shi'urin Deoraitaninu. So what are you talking to me? You tell me to be with us, Shi'onim al-Akhala Moshem Sinai? What are you talking to me? It's a beferush pasuk in the Torah that teaches us the Shi'onim. It's not al-Akhala Moshem Sinai, it's explicitly written in the Torah. Dekhtiv, Eres Chita Usora, Vegefen Ut'ena Verimon. Eres Zechemen Udlash. Where the Torah describes to us the seven species that Eres Yisrael is praised by. Ve'amar Rav Hanin, the Mahanin said, All this Pasuk, when it's listing the different species, is actually coming to tell us different measurements for different items. When it says wheat, this is referring to somebody that enters a house of a Mitzorah. She's not saying the house has Sarah. So a person who enters the house is going to become Tameh. Now he becomes Tameh immediately. The question is going to be, the clothes that he's wearing, uh, there's a shi'ud of time that he has to remain in the house before the clothes that he's wearing becomes Tameh. Not to be confused with the clothes that say that he's carrying. If he walks in carrying clothes or vessels, that has the same deed of immediate Tum'ah. However, the discussion is how long the clothes that he's wearing until the Tum'ah sets in that he has to dip them in the Mikveh. A guy enters the house of a nega. And let's say he's holding his vessels, not wearing them, he has them on his shoulder. He has his shoes and he has his rings, holding them in his hands, meaning he's not wearing them. Rashi says on the bottom, without any delay. Anything that comes into the house, yitma. When you're not wearing them, it's considered coming into the house. So therefore, it came into the house, so therefore, it's immediately. Oh, but if he was wearing his vessels. And he's wearing his shoes on his feet. And he has his rings on his fingers. Again, the guy is Tamimiyat. Immediately. And then become Tameh only after a certain amount of time. What's the time? The time that it would take somebody to eat half a loaf of bread. A loaf that measures eight bitsim. Eating half of that, that's pras. So that would be the shi'ud that it takes to eat. Four betsim of bread. What type of bread? Pat hitin. That would be wheat bread. Velo pat seorim. Because pat hitin, it's easier to eat. As she says, it has a better taste. So therefore, it's more uh, quicker. You're able to eat it. Mesev veochel. Eating it in a reclining uh, fashion, as opposed to let's say eating it on the run where let's say people on the run may eat their food a little faster so we're talking about now he's eating it in a you know a slow fashion he's leaning like they used to do and he's eating it with a dip which means he's not, he's not just eating the bread alone right some say that when you, when you eat it with something else you also eat it uh, slower because you have to also eat the other stuff so it slows you down. As opposed to just sticking the bread in your mouth right away, there's different ways of learning. Is this to make the shi'ud bigger or make the shi'ud smaller? Amongst these shi'ud, you find two opinions. But the point is, when it says in the Pazuk, Eris Chita, there's a rule there. Chita to teach me that when a guy goes into the Bet and he has his clothes on him, so the shi'ud for them to become tameh is the amount of time that it would take somebody to eat. A achilat 
of four betzim of pat chita mesev veochel beliftan. Let's say that's five. You would say seven minutes. So that's the shiur. Anything before that time, it's not going to become tamir. The clothes that he's wearing. Now she explains. Top line, hayal lavush kelav. Once he's wearing his clothes, now she says the ikliu lehu beganav. Now they're called beganim. They're not called kedim anymore. How tamir miyad? The guys always tamir midli dichtiv vehaba elabayit yitma. It says Which means that's only talking about, let's say, somebody that eats and he eats and he's lying down. Those type of people will become Tameh. Let's say he eats, but he doesn't lie down. Shochev belo ochel, or he lies down and doesn't eat. Lo ochel belo shochev, or he doesn't do either of these things. Minayin, I don't know that two masters in. Tamud lomar yechabes begadav riba. The pasuk says several times yechabes begadav shtev pahamim ketiv yechabes begadav. He has to wash his clothes in the mikveh. Veim sofenu lerabotakos. If you tell me that everything is tamir, whether he walks in or he eats in the house, whether he sleeps in the house, whatever he does in the house is tamir. So the Gemara told the Midrash says, "Matamud domar ve'ochel." So what are you talking about, ochel? If any type of actions in the house is going to render him tamir, why is the pasuk specifically talking about if he's eating? Niten shiur leshochev kede achila. Ah, so it's giving a rule that a guy that shochev. How long is the Tum'ah going to set in? The Shi'ur that it takes to be Ochel. She'en ta'un kibus begadim ad she'yesheh Which means the Tum'ah does not set in until he waits the Shi'ur of Akhilah. Ve'gufo tameh miyad. He himself is going to be tameh immediately. Ha'ba'i once he walks in. But everything else, that when he comes into the house, he has to wait to shi'ud of Akhil. So when it says, it means the guy that comes in fire besides himself, meaning his anything that's not considered by Labayit. When you're carrying your clothes, that's by Labayit. It's not Lovesh. It's not considered wearing. So therefore, the deen is what? The Shi'ud is Kedeh Achilad. Rashi says Achilad Paris. Hatsiki Kav. Half a loaf. Shi'aru Hakamim Oto. Le Mazon Shte Seudot. Le Ayruv. The Tambi Ayruvin. Hatsia Le Betta Menugah. Like the Gemara said in Ayruvin. And it's considered Mazon Shte Seudot. Mazon Shte Seudot would be a full loaf. Which is each each meal would be considered, let's say, four betzim. So we say a paris is half of a uh, meal, meaning one meal. In the Arubin, you need two meals. So this is considered one of the meals, meaning four betzim, of a loaf of eight betzim. Patkatin, shehiyata mu'etet mishel sa'urim. So that she clearly says when you eat khatim, you can eat it faster. Because it's tastier. Okay? Mesev, leaning. So from Rashid's master over here also that when you're leaning, eat faster as well. Because he's saying when you're leaning, you're not involved with other things. And therefore, you're concentrating on the eating. And therefore, you eat more. As opposed to, let's say, you were walking or you are doing something else, so your mind is preoccupied with other items. Okay? So that's the first one. Eres Chita. Comes the next one and says... Se'orah Bali. Nitnan, we learned in the Mishnah. Aesim Kis'orah. A bone. The size of a barley. Metameh b'maga' u'masah. Is metameh if somebody touches it. Or masah if somebody lifts it. Even without touching it. If just the se'orah is lifted... So it's on a plate. And you lift the plate, that's the masa, so it's also going to become metameh. But the bone fragment, the size of a se'urah, does not bring tum'at ohel. Meaning if it's in the house with a roof, and a guy walks into that uh, house, there's no tum'at on the guy. Now she says, 
אוקיי, ואתה אומר, עשב כסורה כבר מת, אה? מה זה רבי יוחנן צאן? So it says, "Okay, what did he have to say? It was less than a seora. He had to say some say it was a tooth. So Machlok knew exactly what he was uh, what he was wearing. We have to say a simple answer: it was less than a seora. Ve'eno metame be'oel k'shiur ze ad shi'es shidra tumat oel for these bones is only either if you have the shidra, the spinal column in the bayit, or gilgolet shelema, or the full skull." Or the majority of the frame of the person in bones. She's by, let's say, the leg and things like that, where all the bones are. So that's when you have tumat oil. So again, there's only three ways you can have tumat oil by bones either spinal column, or skull, or rov bones of the frame of the body. So therefore, the Gemara is telling you when it says in the Torah, it is hita usora. So that's coming to teach you the shi'ud of a'etzim that's been tamim b'magah u'masah. Now what do we have? Eris chetas onah, the geffen. The geffen is grapes. So the Gemara says, geffen. Kedere mi'ait ya'in lenazir. Geffen is coming to tell you the shi'ud of a revi'it of wine for a nazir. What is this referring to? So that she says, Kedere geffen. What's the shoot of Gefen of grapes? Regarding other Isurim of the Nazir, which is not, not the Isur of drinking wine. You know, drinking wine is Asur. Now we're discussing the Ikaliman, Damal, Vasikat Nazir, the Harsadim, Velulbin, Vealim. Those are the grape pits, the grape. Uh, leaves, uh, the lulavim uh, is like the stalks of the grape. All those are also asur for the naziti. Anything that comes, right, for, connected to the grapes. Mistarfin the shiur of viyit yayin. So the shiur of eating these items is a viyit. Now you can ask a question. What do you mean the viyit? The viyit is a liquid measure. These items over here are a solid item. How do, how do you convert? a solid item and give a shoot of a if you ate, and the Gemara says even it's mistarif, and if you ate half Ludavim and half Arsanim uh, and all that, it can mistarif to the shoot of a Nevi'it, so that she says it's using the principle of displacement she'im yitinim lekosma leyayin if you place these items into a cup filled with wine ad she'yitzim mimenu nevi'it yayin until it displaces a nevi'it of yayin that's the shiur. Now you're going to ask me, what do you mean yayin? For that matter, what order? What, 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 what do you say? What's the difference yayin? So that she says, You can't compare, compare the displacement of wine to water. Why? Because the wine is thicker. It collects and it sticks to the uh, rim of the cup. So it's thicker, more than water. So then you'd have to put more in in order to displace the wine out. So that's what it means when it says, The shoot of gefen was said, The foodstuffs that are forbidden to a nazir, that they're not as soon until you eat the shi'ud of how much will displace a eat of yayin. Okay. <coughs> now we get to the fig. Teena kigrogeret leotsaat shabbat. Remember we learned in Masechet Shabbat that the Inyan carrying on Shabbat. So you have to carry an item that has a certain amount of hashivut. Right? Carrying less than the shiur of a te'enah, a fig, is not hayav in a Torah. Because they said that that's a shiur already that you would protect, that you are concerned about, it's important, it's significant. So te'enah is for Shabbat. Kashi, te'enah mashi'aru bo. Which means when it comes to food stuff, carrying food stuff on Shabbat, you don't consider a food hashuv until it has the shi'ud at least of a te'ena afig. Ramon, now we get to the case of pomegranates. Nitnan, 
הכל כלי בעלי בתים שעורד כרמונים. Now we know if you have let's say a wooden vessel, as long as it's a vessel, vessel means it holds things. So it's able to receive tum'ah. When does a vessel uh, lose its ability to receive tum'ah? When it becomes non-functional anymore. When it becomes broken. So the she'erah is, how broken is a vessel that it's not going to receive tum'ah anymore? <coughs> so the Gemara says here, for Malabayat, for a guy that has private vessels, not a uh, craftsman. So the shi'ud is, if there's a hole in the vessel, the size of a ribbon, then already it's considered broken. Because a Malabayat, he's cheap when it comes to his vessels. He's not going to throw it out if, let's say, there's a hole the size of an olive. He'll put other stuff that's bigger than an olive in there so it doesn't fall out. Right? But once already it's a big hole in the candy the size of a pomegranate, he's not going to start storing uh, cantaloupe in there. He's going to just say, I'm not using it anymore, and therefore loses the status of a candy. So if a remod is the size in order to render a candy of a malabaya, tahor. Look at Rashi. Kol kiri ba'alim batim shi'aru benikbehem in their holes kerimod. Be'ad shi'nikav kemotsi rimod. Until it has a hole. That any mod can slip through it. Shem keli alav. Umekabel tumah. Lefish ba'alabayit has al kelav. Because the ba'alabayit is... He's concerned or he's has. He has... Uh, mercy literally on his vessels. Ukshehu motzi zetim. Right, when as a whole that olives slip out, humishtamish morimorim. We use it for bigger fruit, like the morim. Avakli uman, but you should know a craftsman. Sheomedli macher, that's selling these vessels. Tahor benekev kolshehu. Even a drop hole. Guy selling it. You can't sell a, a kid that has a hole in it. Yeah. For a umad, the shoot is much less. Now, it should be noted that Tosfot over here first says, Kol keli ba'alem batim shi'unan kerimunim gabe keli etz mitniya. So we're talking about over here a wooden vessel. Aval bechli cheres tam beperek shilishit de kelim Ha'asui le'okhlin shi'unam kezetim. Ha'asui le'mashkim, the Gemara says over there, shi'unam, the shi'un of mashkim is that the water can go in and out. It's able to go in the holes big enough that the water can enter and exit uh, the same way. It's from both sides. The point is, let's just say that there's a difference between kiri'ayet, and Kedihiris. This is discussing only wooden vessels. The next Tosfot brings a question. Look at the Tosfot Shi'unan, Kedemonim, Masechet Kelim Tenan, Hademonim She'avnu, Shilosha Achuzim Zebazeh. Oh, it says that when we say the Shi'un of Rimonim, it means three Rimonim. Now, what does that mean? Three Rimonim? It's a massive, massive hole. So Tosfot says, Veloshi Yesrich Nekem Gadol, Kol Kach, Kedesh Yesu Shiloshtam Bevatarat. Don't think it means that it's a big enough hole that three Rimonim can exit it in one shot. Ela Echad Levad. It's only referring to one at a time. Da'amad Besov HaMatzniya Kemotzi Rimod. And in Masechet Shabbat, it also uses the language Kemotzi Rimod. It doesn't say Kemotzi Rimonim. Kemotzi Rimod is Mashma. It's the size that one Rimod can fit through Mashma. Rimod Echad. Ve'lo Ka'amar Rimonim. In any event, Go down a little in the Tosafot, when the Elifaresh, so Tosafot explains. Now, what does it mean to read the Monim? The Ad and I catch Loshad and Monim Achozim, the Afapisha Motsiam Zeaharze, and Nohin Latset Derek Nekepsar, Kemoshe Yotse, Zeaharze, Mifnatsmo. So he's like this, but Tobay have three Monim that are attached. They're still, uh, you know, attached to the uh, to the branch, however it grows, right? So, it hole has to be big enough that when you have three attached to the monim, you'll be able to squeeze the three the monim back to back through the same hole. Tosfot mm-hmm. says you need a bigger hole when they're attached to get it through, as opposed to let's say they were separate. 
they can be narrower and you can put it through. So it says three nimonim, it means when the three nimonim are attached, you only have to fit one of them through me, the size of one, but it's got the ability to fit three attached nimonim uh, through it, which is uh, a little bigger. Then Tosfot brings another perush, on yesh three attached when it says three nimonim attached, according to the second answer to Tosfot, it's explaining the size of the nimonim. Because nimonim grow, it seems, in clusters. If you have a cluster of two nimonim, they're bigger. It's not talking about those size nimonim. If you have a cluster of nimonim that are four, they're smaller. It's not talking about those nimonim. It's talking about the size of a nimon that's in a cluster of three, which is benonim. So those are the two explanations of Tosafot, how he deals with that problem that says three nimonim. Either it means three attached, and you have to squeeze three of them through the same hole, which would need a wider hole since they're attaching a little more flexibility, or it means on the size of a nimon that's from a cluster of three. Comes the Gemara and continues. Eres Zet Shemen. At the end of the Pasuk says, it's the land of oil, olive, grapes. Olives, grapes, olives. Eres Zet Shemen. Olive oil. That's what I mean to say. Eres Zet Shemen. So what does this mean, Eres Zet Shemen? Eres Shekol Shirurea Kizetim. The land that all its measurements are kezayit. So the Gemara asks, what do you mean all its measurements are kezayit? All the measurements, we know there's different shi'urim, you have kabesa, you have kakotevet, we just gave a shi'ur of, uh, of uh, te'ena. Gemara says, haika hani da'amrinan. We just said the, the shi'urim that we just mentioned. Haddas, awla, gefet, te'ena, remon, da'ita mi'azetim, everything's a zayit. Okay, which means the majority of its shi'urim are kezayit. So that she gives examples. Met, right? Kezayit met for tum'ah. You have nevela, right? A kezayit of an animal that wasn't slaughtered properly. It's a nevela that also has tum'ah. Misur chelev, vedam, blood, pigul. That's the korban that they had the wrong kavana. Vedotar, that's leftovers. Metameh, the shi'ud of uh, um, food that becomes tameh. Furthermore, gida nasheh, that's uh, the, the, the sciatic uh, nerve, the vein, that's the shi'ud of isur. So therefore, when it comes to isurim, the majority shi'ud is what? Kezayit. Dvash. Okay, what is dvash? Honey. Dvash is honey, but in the pasuk it's referring to dates. So the Gemara says, mm-hmm. That teaches us what? <coughs> the shi'ur for eating on Kippur. Since the Torah doesn't say don't eat. The Torah says afflict yourself. Afflict yourself means you can't eat uh, until enough shi'ur that will take you out of affliction. So that shi'ur is what? A fat date. That's what means the vash. So the Gemara's question is, Alma you come along and tell me, What are you talking about? We see that it's all Shi'urim. So the Gemara says, Hold it. What? Does it make sense to think that these are in the Torah? Shi'urim miketive? Does it say any shi'urim? It talks about wheat. Does it say anything about a beta beduga? In that pasuk, it says se'ura. It says about etzim. It says gefer. It mentions the word nazir in this pasuk. And this pasuk, what is it? It's an asmachta. What does asmachta mean? Which means there was a law that already was given orally b'sinai. But the Hachamim wanted the people to remember the halakha. So then what they do, they found the remez in the Torah, and therefore they hung their law on this pasuk. Not that the pasuk is coming to teach you that. The pasuk is coming to teach you something totally different. And the explanation is that what? Halakha was Yisrael is only an asmachta. Good? 
Comes Gemaran says Hatzisid. Right, we said that Hatzisid is the laws of Hatzisah, the laws of a interposition on a person's body for going into the mikveh. Zara Chavosh Shemishna. Gemaran, so what do you mean? Hatzisid or Ita? Do you Hatzisah is a Torah law. It's explicit. Nichtiv Berachas. Now we have to read the right uh, text over here. Nichtiv Berachas and Besaro. Netanya besaro b'mayim. When it says the pasuk that he washes his flesh in the mikveh waters, shelo ye davar chotzetz beno the ben amayim. With besaro b'mayim, to teach you what there's no interference between your basar and the water. So what is that? That's the law of what? Hatiza. So the Gemara says, ki atayl cheta lesaro. Yeah. The pasuk is coming. The halakam shem says coming to tell you the laws of hatzitza in the hair. The pasuk is talking about besaro. That's his flesh, his body. Halakam shem comes and teaches the laws of hatzitza in the hair. Kedarabba bar bar chana. Like Rabba bar chana said. Damar Rabba bar chana. Nima achat kishura chotzetzet. If you have one single hair and there's a knot in the hair, he's about to take the hair, make a knot. In one strand of hair, hatzitza. Why? Because that's a very tight knot. In one string of one strand of hair, you're able to make a tight knot. If the water is not going to be able to penetrate, so if you have one strand of hair with one knot in it, hatzitza. Shalosh enan chotzetzit. Chotzetzot. Let's see. You have three hairs that are attached to each other. Now, since it's three, so it's a little thicker. So therefore, the knot is not really uh, tight enough, and therefore, the water is able to. Penetrate. Shtayim, in the Yodaya. Two, I don't know. Two already is a safik. I don't know if it's hatitza or not. So that's how the Kamashim is tonight. The Kamashim teach me the laws of what? Hatitza by hair. Comes the Gemara and says, Sa'aro namid deolaita. What are you talking about? Interpositions, hatitzot in the hair is also a befiruz deolaita. Dikhti, nidu. Dikhti, because it says, V'rachas et besaro babayim. Now we know anytime it says the word et, it's coming to include something. So it says et besaro. The Gemara says et hatafel besaro. Not only is basar, but the item that is subordinate or auxiliary to his flesh. And what's that? His hair. So they were also sa'ar is b'deoraita. Umaydihu sa'aro. The Alakam Hashem Yitzchak is actually coming for a specific law that Yitzchak taught us. So what is that? The Amar of Yitzchak. The Val Torah. From the Torah law, Rubo Umbakpid Alav Chotzetz. Which means, Alakam Hashem Yitzchak by hair, where does she learns? By hair. The only item that's a chatzitza, you need two negatives. Rubo umakpid. Let's say the lady, she has all dirt in her hair. Tar, or whatever it is. Torah, says, it has to be rov, rov of the hair, and she has to be makpid. Makpid means she's particular. She doesn't want it there. However, she cares about it. However, the Amazing. If you have rov hatitza on the hair, but she's not makpid for whatever reason, then the Torah she can go dip in the mikveh. That's the alakam shem sinai, which is it's teaching you the shiur. Now the Gemara says, Vegazru, but the rabbis came along and they made a gezerah. Al rubo she'enu makpid? On any type of rov. Once it's rov, the rabbi said, Asun, even if you're not makpid. Why? Mishum rubo ha makpid. Because the gezerah to the case of rubo, we are makpid. Ve'al mi'uto ha makpid. And they made a gezerah on any case that you're makpid. Even if it is mi'ut. Mishum rubo ha makpid. Again, because of Rubo Abakpid. So therefore, since Minat Torah, Rubo Abakpid is Asur, the rabbis will say all Rovs and all Makpids. Mm-hmm. 
So the Gemara says, well, what's ready to do with that? Let them make a gezerah on two positives. Where it's mi'ut, it's the minority, and you're not makpid. Mishum mi'uta makpid. Gezerah because of mi'ut when you are makpid. Ina be mishum ruboshe ero makpid. Or make the gezerah because of what? In the case of mi'ut, the ero makpid. Add to the case of what? Rubo she ero makpid. So the Gemara is hold it. He goof on Gezerah. But she's hold it. <laughs> Already, that's a Gezerah. You're going to make now a Gezerah to a Gezerah, which means you don't make two Gezerot. Which means like this. Benat Torah, let's get the, uh, the sources. Benat Torah, what do you have? Rubo or Makpid. You've got to have two negatives to be asur. Rubo or Makpid. Rabbis came along and said, even one negative. Rubo, in all cases... Or makpid in all cases. So the Gemara says, oh, well, what you make a gezerot? Go, make a gezerot even on two positives. Mi'ut and eno makpid. What? what you want to make a, a mi'ut and eno makpid? Gezerot to a case of mi'ut, makpid. Orov, eno makpid. Hold it, hold it, hold it. Those second tier already are a gezerot. To the Doraita. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to come and make a Gizera to a Gizera, <laughs> a rabbinical decree on a rabbinical decree. But it's two steps removed. Therefore, the Gemara says you don't do that. Mm-hmm. Now, <coughs> it should be pointed out that we have a fantastic mahlokit between Nashi and the Tosafot. Nashi's understand that this law of Rubo and Makpid is specifically referring to hair. Rashi gives two cases. Look at the top line of Rashi. Rov sa'arom mitunaf betit. God, he has uh, tar or dirt in his hair, mud. Or kashur ahat ahat. Or he has the majority of his hairs are tied. Knots. Alright, we said that uh, a knot is hatzitza. Uh, so it's only when it's rubo and magpid. Magpid alav chotzitz. However, according to Rashi, he learns that by flesh, even the mi'ut is going to be a hatzitza. The law of rubo was only said by hair. Tosfot argues. Tosfot says when it comes to flesh, it's the same law as hair. She the ruboa makpid law was said ben besar, ben bebasar. But Rashi says no, on basar we're more strict, which even even a uh, same thing is rubo and makpid. So again, Tosfot is rubo makpid is by everything. When Ashi, it's only by Se'ar, and by Basar, we are more strict even on a Mi'ut. Comes the Gemara Kittu. So that's what it means when it says, Halachalam Hashem Sinai on Hatzitzah. On what? On the law of Rubo Umakpid. Because the Torah just tells us Se'ar is Shayach to Hatzitzah. It does the Shi'ur. How much? What? Torah comes and defines what the uh, parameters of the Hatzitsa is. Comes Gemara and says, Mechitzin, right? We said the law of walls. Adam Rad. We said the law of walls is going to be sukkah. That what? The shi'ud of a sukkah has got to be ten to fahim. That's the law of Allah Chabashim Islam by walls. Yeah? Gemara says, Hani Halal Abi Yudah. That's only going to come to the Mi'udah. You need Allah Chabashim to teach you the walls of a sukkah. Because he's got the Mishkan, he's got the Aron, the eight and a half, and therefore he's got eleven and a half to Fahim between the Kaporet and the uh, Kerubim, the wings. So therefore, how do you know ten? You got to have Alakam Hashem Sinai. According to the Bimi'ir, he learns the ten to Fahim of a Sukkah from the Mishkan, from the Kerubim. So what does he do with Alakam Hashem Sinai of Mechitzin? Ki atal cheta legud. Ve'lavud ve'dofen akubah. There's special halachal Moshev Yisrael principles. My walls. What are they? First of all, the law of good. Literally, good means extension. Like we learned yesterday, there's a principle called good asik that sometimes we extend the wall upward, and then sometimes we say good ahit. You extend the wall downward. That's halachal Moshev Yisrael. We learned yesterday, Lavud. Right? Sometimes, <coughs> if an idea was with a three to five of the wall, you're able to extend it to the wall. 
And we'll see the Gemara will give you practical applications. And then you have Dofen Akumah. Dofen Akumah, we said, is sometimes the wall uh, right, is up and it goes across in order to make a uh, extended wall, in order to make the Sukkah Kishina. So therefore, those laws are Halakha Mashem Sinai. So again, good, it's good Ahit and good, uh, good Asik. Then you have uh, Davud and Dofen Akumah. So that's where the Bibi'in will learn the Halakha Mashem Sinai. Comes the and continues. Let's review in our Mishnah what we learned on that bit. What's the minimum kosher walls for a sukkah? So our Mishnah said that you have three walls. Okay? It says, If it doesn't have three walls, That means our Mishnah, the minimum shoot is three walls. To that, the Gemara says, Tanakama says you need two kosher walls, meaning regular valid walls, and the third wall can even be a tefah. Rabbi Shimon Omer Shalosh Kilchatan. Rabbi Shimon said, No, you need three kosher walls. There's a fantastic machloket over here. What's the minimum shi'ur of walls for a kosher sukkah? Two in one or three in one? Two in one tefah or three in one tefah? So the Gemara says like this. What's the machloket over here? Rabbanan sabri yesh em masoret. Okay, let's review this principle of Emla Mikra and Emla Masorah. The Torah, in its words, are read a certain way, but sometimes they're written and spelled a different way. So, take, for example, the word Sukkot. Sometimes the Sukkah is spelled in the Torah. Masukot bet samich chavtaf. That is not the kudot in the Torah. So there's a silent vav in there. Masukot. That's the way you read it. But the way it's spelled is baskat. Now what's the difference between basukot or baskat? Basukot is plural. Baskat is masukat, and the baskat is one. So therefore, there's a great mahaloka throughout Shas. When you have options to learn the Mikra, the way it's read, or the Masoret, Masoret is a tradition, the way it's spelled, where do you give the priority to? M means priority. So one rabbi says, Yesh Em Mikra. When you give it the Rashot, you give the priority to the Mikra. Another rabbi says, No, Em Masoret. You Doresh the Masoret the way it is written. Now, how is this going to manifest itself in our Mahlok? So the Gemara says, the rabbis go the way it's spelled. The Masorah, the tradition. Baskat, Baskat, Basukot. The Torah says Basukot in the Torah three times. One time it's spelled with a vav, so you read it Basukot. The other times it's written Chaser. So how many do you have? Baskat is one. Baskat is one. Basukot is two. So you got four Sukot. Harekan Arba. Dal had Whenever you make the rashot, you got to knock one off for itself to teach me the law of sukkah. So now you knock one off. What do you have left? Three. Three. So I got three sukkahs left. So three of them teach me two regular walls. But I got one more. The comes along and tells me that what? That the third one doesn't have to be a full wall, it's enough to be a tefah. So if I know three walls of the Torah, tells me that the third wall, it doesn't have to be a complete wall. It's enough to be just a tefah. Good? That's what Abana will learn. The Bishwan says, no, 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 no. You go the way it's read. Masukot, Masukot, Masukot. Six. Harekan Shesh. They have six. Each one is two. Uh, how are you going to knock them down? Well, he says like this. 
Dalhat kra legufe. You gotta take one basukot away, just to teach you a little, you gotta send the sukkah. That's legufe. So therefore you have four left, because you took away one word. You took the sheets, that's why the rest of the Gemara's language is very clear. Dalhat kra. Take one of the pisukim away for itself. So now you have four left. Pashulu arba. Shalosh kilchetan. So that teaches me what? That you need three walls. And the fourth wall can be a tefah. So you see how it works? Either it's two and one tefah, or three and one tefah. Based on what? Now the Gemara is going to give different options. I can tell you another way. Explain this mahlokin. Everybody will tell you go into Mikra. Basukot, 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 six. Basukot, 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 well, everybody holds one of them you need for sukkah. Mm. No, for sukkah. For the fact, the law. Sukkah, sukkah. Okay, so everybody, st- you started with six, you got down to four. Now the question is, do you need another sukkah to tell me schach? So one rabbi says, yeah, you need a sukkah for schach. So therefore you end up with what? Three. You got three, so that tells me two walls, and one, how the comments recite tefah. The other rabbi says, what are you talking about? What's a sukkah? A sukkah is schach. I don't need a special person for sukkah, I don't know what for schach. Therefore, I have four. Three walls, one tefah. Three plus the fourth wall, but the fourth wall, you can minimize it by how the comments recite taking it to a tefah. That's the second way of... Learning. Good? Yes. Now we have a third way of learning. Okay. Oh, go the other way. According to everybody, you go to Masonet. Baskat, Baskat, Basukot. So you have, you're starting with four. Take away one for Sukkah. So now you're down to three. Mor Sabar. Everybody agrees there's a lot of going on over here. The question is, what is the purpose of the Alakal Moshev Sinai? So one rabbi says, it's coming to minimize. If we have three, two walls, and the third one, minimize. The third one, it's a tefah. Another rabbi says, no, no, no. Al-Qaeda is not coming to minimize. It's coming to add. Which is the Torah says, three walls. Okay. Add a fourth wall of a tefah. Understand? Yeah. Three walls of the Torah. Al-Qaeda is put another one. It's not coming to minimize what you have. It's coming to add. Good? That's how you have the makhlukin. We give another way. Vibai tema. Vikule alma ki ata al-kheta ligareya. Oh, how could you get out of this one? You're starting off with four. Baskat, 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 basorit. Okay? So you have four. Everybody agrees that Al-Khamr Shemir is coming to minimize the last wall that only has to be a tefah. So the Khamrah, if you have four, and we always say you got to knock off one because to teach you sukkah, so you have three. So... Three means two and one, because it's coming to minimize. It was now. The Mahalukan is over, do you have to subtract the first one or not? Are you able to be Doresh the first one? Dorshin Tehilot. The first rabbi says, you know what? Yeah, you, you need the first sukkah to teach me a Garasinu sukkah, but you can also Doresh it. It counts, that's part of the number. Therefore, the one is for itself, but you count it also on the number. And therefore you have what? Three. What is, uh, what is three? Which means, no, which means according to, to this opinion, you start off with four. Right? So you end up with four. Correct. Because So it's three. And the Dalakam takes the fourth wall. Tefa. Umar Sabar. 
אין דורשים תחילות, נעקבים סנא, נא 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 נא. The first one is for itself, you cannot donate it. So therefore you start off with four, נעקד up to three, הלכה מסוים is coming to be married, so you end up with two and one. חכמים גבעיהם is over here. According to the opinion of Rabbanan, if you look at the way the word sukkah is spelled, the first letter is a sabich. A sabich has four sides. That represents the most kosher sukkah of four walls. The next letter of sukkah is a chaf. That's three walls. And that's the next best level. But the minimum level is a hair. A hair is two walls and a tefah. So therefore you have that little line coming out of it. So that's the shita of hachamim. Comes the Gemara gives the last opinion. The logic of Rabbi Shimon that says you need three walls plus a fourth. Because the Pasuk says, Vesukatiyel Letzel, Yomab Bechoreb, Ulmachse, Ulmistor, Bezereb, Ubebatar. The Torah says that what is the Sukkah's purpose? It has to be a shelter. A shelter from what? A refuge from what? From rain, from water. Now, if you're going to have a sukkah that has two walls, so it's open up. Half the sukkah is wide open. It's not going to protect you from rain. So, therefore, what type of sukkah has got to protect you from rain? You got to have four walls. So, three. And the fourth wall, it'll block the rain. So, according to David, said that from a pasuk. Comes the bottom to his foot and says, The sukkah is here, let's say, Mirushal, Miamnidan. It's from the following pasuk. The first purpose of a sukkah is what? Shade. From the sun, that's one wall. And protection, that's the second wall. From zerim, from a uh, flow of water and from rain, Two more, so that he's learning from the words of the Pasuk, each one is coming to include a, another word. Rabbanan, Amre, Bezerim, Umatar, Achat. They come along and say, Bezerim, Umatar, it's water. Flow of water, rain, it's one item. Therefore, you only have to have three walls. Two and a, Tevah. That's a very, very important machloket to remember. Machloket, Tanaim, Ovir, on the minimum amount of walls that is kashir, for a sukkah. Baruch For the benefit of our listeners to Masechet Sukkah, we are referring to several books uh, when we refer to illustrations and pictures. One of them is Hamaor Hamivuar, that is uh, the picture book on Masechet Sukkah, and also a new book called Hahod Vehahadar. So we will refer to it on the uh, tapes and in the audio. We'll refer to both of those books and as well Perush Hai on Masechet Sukkah.